0: Welcome to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. And he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank my God always making mention of you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which in you which is in you for Christ's sake for i have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you brother therefore though i have enough confidence in christ to order you to do what is proper yet for love's sake i rather appeal to you since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child, Onimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you. His name is Animaus. Animaeus means useful. So Paul is, all of a sudden, he's addressing this, and he's saying, Okay, though he were formerly not useful to you, I'm getting ready to appeal to you. But now as useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person. That is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with you, so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent I did not want to do anything so that your goodness would not be in effect my compulsion by of your own free will. For perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while that you would have him back forever no longer as a slave but more than a slave a beloved brother especially to me but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you regard me a partner, accept me as you would as you would me. Accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, I'm writing this with my own hand and I will repay it. Not to mention to you that You will meet even your own self as well. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, having confidence in your obedience. I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. I want to give you kind of the backstory, of what's going on here. I want you to know kind of the behind the scenes. Philemon had been one of Paul's dear co-workers in the ministry. And Paul addresses him as, as one that's as a prisoner. He's not addressing him as the Apostle Paul. He's addressing him as a prisoner because there's no need to remind Philemon that he's an apostle. Because he's writing to a dear friend. Someone that he affectionately loves and he cares for. Philemon was a wealthy man and in that he had a wife and a dynamic home church that was just uh, going on in Colossae which really Colossae is kind of modern day Turkey so he had a booming house church and Philemon has a slave who stole from him and he ran away Guess who that is? On Emmaus was his slave. He stole from him, and he ran away. Many, it's, it's, it's hundreds of miles he ran away from him. And by events that only God could orchestrate, the fugitive who's running away gets caught, and he gets arrested, and he gets thrown into prison. Well, guess who his bunk buddy is? Paul. Paul. is in the same prison cell as Onimaeus. Only God could arrange this. I mean, this is a a beautiful story in the making. So here he is in jail with Animaeus, who is uh, the slave to Philemon, who Philemon's best friend is Paul, his affectionate brother. So in this, Paul, through the Holy Spirit leads Onimaeus to the Lord. And he not only leads someone to the Lord, Onimaeus becomes his spiritual son. Somebody that's very, very dear to Paul. Who ministers to Paul while he's in prison. And he's taking care of his needs while he's in chains. So you have a bond that is formed here of a father and a son. But Paul is realizing that the right thing to do, even though he wanted him to stay and minister to his own needs, he knew the right thing to do would be to send him back to Philemon. You've got to imagine this. I imagine Animaeus wasn't, like, really excited about this moment. But Paul writes this letter, and he gives it to his spiritual son, and in those days, a slave that had run away, if they were caught by Roman law, would be killed. They would be, they would be stoned, beheaded. So it was a big deal. It wasn't just like a little cakewalk just to walk on back to Philemon's house. But he's going back with a letter that has been motivated by love. Love. And we don't know how the, the story ends, but we can see the fruit of their encounter, because after Timothy's death and after, and after um, Philemon's death, guess who becomes the bishop of all of Ephesus? Anaus. God used him so mightily that he became the bishop over the whole region of Ephesus. The overall theme of this book is forgiving love. Love forgives, love restores, love covers, love heals broken relationships. And it's only the power of the love of Christ that enables us to forgive somebody that has deeply hurt us. It is only that type of powerful, supernatural love that can extend forgiveness to the point where your heart is healed, relationship is restored, and you're able to enter into a new relationship with the one that even broke your heart. I can't even imagine the moment when... Aneus return to Philemon. Can you just imagine this moment? Uh, I, I'm sure he was shaking. I, I'm sure he was wondering how he would respond, but I'm sure it took a lot for him to knock on the door. And for him to open the door, and to see the slave that stole from him, I'm sure with letter in his hand and head bowed, hand shaking, he said, Master, forgive me, for I have sinned. And I have a letter from the Apostle Paul to you. I, I don't know how that exchange went, but I'm sure for him it was very difficult. The thing that he had to press through was this. He had to press through the shame. The shame of what he had done. The shame of stealing from his master. You know. Paul's making a really clear statement here. As we read in there. He said. About on Emmaus, is it, he was once a slave, but now he is your beloved brother. Did you guys read that when we read the whole chapter? He was once former slave, but now you're to see him as your beloved brother in whom you love. Shame wants to define you. Shame has a way of trying to to wrap you in a definitive mindset of this is who this person is. You know, shame doesn't say to you what you did was wrong. You know what shame does? Shame says you are bad. Not what you did was wrong wrong. You're the problem. It's in you. You're wrong. You're bad. So he he was dealing with shame as he approached his master. And in that, Paul is imploring and appealing to Philemon, Don't see him in his former state. Don't see him for what he's done to you. And he's saying, even if it, it, even if it costs you everything, he said, just charge it to my account. Just charge it to my account. And I'm sure it was expensive because this is a big deal. I don't think he, he stole the garden hose out of the backyard. I think it was something that cost Philemon dearly. And I think it was a big deal. And Paul says, no matter what the cost is, charge it to my account. You know, I think when the Lord Jesus stood with the Father, He looked at our situation. He looked at all of our sin. He looked at all of our plight. He looked at our separation from God. He looked at everything. And he said, Father, charge it to my account. For I will go to the cross and pay for all that they owe you. I'll pay for it. He says, charge it to my account. And I'll pay for it with my blood. So in that... As Jesus hung on the cross, it says in Romans that he bore the reproaches of the many. You know what that means? He bore in his body the shame that comes on us when we fall into sin. He bore the sin he paid for the shame and he dealt with it once and for all so that you can live a shame free life you don't have to walk around feeling shameful for what you've done so what is going on here it is having a mindset change you know if we could all be really honest I don't think there's anyone in this room that's arrived yet and is perfect. Okay? So if you're not perfect, then I would venture to say that you're in process. Would that be a good way of saying it? You're in process. You're being perfected. You're made anew, but you're also being perfected into the image of Jesus So, in many ways, you can kind of like put a little sign over your head and we can have a little sign that says, Under Construction. (laughs) You're under construction. He's retooling you. He's refitting you. He's reestablishing you. He's making you into the person that will one day stand before the Father made perfect. One day when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ... The work that the Lord began in our lives on this earth will come to completion one day. For Paul says this, Philippians 1, 6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So that's good news. You're under construction But Paul takes it a step further. He's wanting us to clearly understand that we cannot see each other in our former states. We cannot look at each other and define each other by the issues of the past. The things that you've done that you would just love to have deleted from the chapter in your life. say listen you can't look at your spouse you cannot look at your child you cannot look at anybody with the mindset that they are they that's what defines them by what they've done we've got to have a mindset uh, a shift in our minds where as Paul says for perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while verse 15 that you would have him back forever Paul's talking to Philemon no longer as a slave but more than a slave a beloved brother especially to me how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord Galatians 3:28 says this there's neither Jew nor Greek There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Because of our union with Christ, there is no distinction between us because we are all made one in him. But how many times do we define people by their past? How many times do we look at, oh yeah, you know what? Gosh, you remember when they did that? Yeah, whoo, that rascal. And our mindset is, well, that's who they are. Well, that doesn't sound like grace. Grace has been so extended to each of us in our lives in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Grace gives you the ability to release the individual from the definition that you've made of them. You can see them with new eyes. They're no longer slaves. This person now is my beloved sister and brother in the Lord that's under construction and is in process. We've got to have this mindset. We cannot look at each other like, well, that's just the way they are. Because if Jesus is in them, the work that he started, he is committed to perfecting it until the day of Christ Jesus. Right. So we've got to begin to move out and and not looking at people through the eyes of our own flesh. But you know what? Forgiveness is a process. When someone has deeply hurt you, it's not just a okay, I, I forgive them. No. When you've been deeply hurt. By somebody, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And it, it, you just don't get over it overnight. But most of the time, forgiveness can only be accomplished through a supernatural power that is at work within your heart, and that is agape love. There's no other way to forgive in our natural ability, our natural love, than through an emotional gift that is agape, a supernatural ability to forgive. But you know, most of the time forgiveness starts, it starts out with, emotionally, you don't really feel like forgiving them. How many, when you know you come to the point that you need to forgive, you're like, you know what? I don't feel like it. But you know what? It's an act of our will. That's what Paul was appealing to. To Philemon. He was saying, I'm not going to come in with the big heavy. And I'm not going to take a stick and knock it over your head just because I'm your papa. He says, I'm appealing to you as a brother in Christ to do what's right. I'm going to appeal to you. And in many ways, that's how the Lord works with us. He's appealing to us to be willing to forgive even though we don't feel like it. You've got to begin to take motions and steps towards, Lord, I choose to forgive and to release that person or people that have hurt me deeply. You know, forgiveness really is not a choice. I mean, I'm sorry forgiveness is a choice it's not an option we don't have an option even if we don't feel like it we're to forgive so it's an act of our will and that's what Paul was appealing to to Philemon, he's saying I appeal to you by your own will, forgive and you know why forgiveness is so imperative number one Jesus says, you know what? If you don't forgive your brother, guess what? I'm not going to forgive you. That's a big deal. Forgiveness is the key to entering in to a relationship and entering in to glory. Forgiveness is the key that opens up heaven because forgiveness was extended to you when you didn't deserve it. So we've got to forgive. It's not a choice. It's not a, um, an option. So whether we like it or not, we need to forgive. The last thing I want to talk about is I want to kind of wind this down. Um... Is, is being able to be... able to overcome being offended. Or when you've offended someone. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says this. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a citadel. When somebody's offended... It's difficult to turn their heart to forgive. But it's, it is vitally important that we first look at this issue of offense in our hearts so we can properly walk out forgiveness to another person. You know, Jesus made it very clear that in this world we're going to have many offenses. But how we respond to them is our choice. But as I said early on, being offended literally means bait on the end of a stick. And the enemy wants you to take a bite of that bait so that he's got you hooked for the very purposes that he has in mind for you. But walking offensive free, if that's a word, is, is only a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit through agape love. It is being able to say to the Father, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to by faith receive the unconditional love that's been poured into my heart and I'm going to allow that to set me free from the offense. The only way to be dislodged from an offended heart is through unconditional love. The unconditional love that the Father has for you you extend it to somebody else. Love sets your heart free from being offended. But you know what? Ways that you know that you've been offended. You're, you're, your body, you know you, your body has body language. You know? It, 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 it kind of shows that you're offended. You're like, I'm not offended. No. No. And when the person walks in the room, you're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to talk with them. You don't want to be around them. You could care less uh, what's going on in their life. You, you basically want to shut the person out of your heart, out of your life. Your body says a lot. You give them the cold shoulder. You want to give them the left foot of fellowship you become critical you start looking at their faults you start getting a little judgmental towards them you start analyzing them you become bitter you get angry why does this person make me so angry you've been offended offense is in your heart. When you can't stand to be around somebody, you're offended. And that means you're trapped. Get out of the trap. And it's the unconditional love of Jesus that releases your heart from being snared in a trap. Living a life of love is the only way to displace an offense. It dislodges. It releases the offense. Paul ends Philemon with this. I want to read this from the, uh, the Passion Translation. He says this. May the unconditional love of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, be with your spirit. Do you hear that? The unconditional love of the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, be with your spirit. Philemon, Philemon, he's saying to him, Listen, it is this wonderful love that loved you when you were in sin and had no way out. And that same love is to be given on Emmaus so the unconditional love of Jesus must find a place in your heart it's got to find a place you know an offense has the ability to create an impression inside of you or kind of a low place in your mind towards another person what, you know what offense does you think lowly of that person You think less of that person. You think they're not as good as you. And it's creating a a hollow place, a depression in your mind towards that person. And you know there's only one thing that fills that hollow place in your mind. And that is the unconditional love of Jesus. It is what releases the offense because you realize the price that has been paid for you is so great. At any moment, and any time, any one of us are capable of hurting somebody so deeply without the grace and the love of Jesus. We are all very capable of hurting one another. So in that, we are going to be channels of love to those around us. And blessing them. Paul says. uh, Jesus says. Bless those that persecute you. Bless those that hurt you. Bless those that steal from you. Bless those that that take from you. If, if, If they want you to walk a mile. Go two miles with them. If they take this. Give them that. He's just like. Go in the opposite spirit. That's what you're doing. You're going in the opposite spirit and you're displacing the offense in your heart through the unconditional love of the Lord Jesus. His unconditional love is what conquers and defeats and brings healing and restores people's lives. So my encouragement to you today is this. I bet in this house there are things that Some of you know about somebody else. And I wonder if you have defined that person by what you think you know. And grace is not being given to them. I want to encourage you today that there needs to be a shift in your thinking. Because he who has begun a good work in that other person, while you might not see it, is perfecting them. They're changing. Give them grace. Give them time. Do not have the mindset, that's just the way they are. I am grateful to the Lord Jesus Christ for his grace. His grace for each of us is unending and it's forever. And I'm grateful that all of us have a chance to be able to be instruments of God's love on this earth. It just doesn't stop with you. You've been loved to life. Now Jesus is wanting you to love somebody else to life. And you do that... I see in them through his eyes and not your own eyes. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's stand. Thank you for listening to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at K-O-G underscore Asheville and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash K-O-G Asheville.